Okay, how do you say how do you say fuchika? Because like the way that I hear it, I would hear it like fuchika, like like a very like uh, emotional fuchika <laughs> voice. Like I would. <laughs> yeah, it's like very dramatic. Fuchika voice. I fuchika. I would never hear it like. I would never hear. I would never hear like a casual like oh fuchika. It'd be like fuchika. <laughs> So, what's up? So the song that we just played is something, a song that has been just like on my mind all week. I love it. She is amazing. Her name is Rina Sawayama. She is British, but she, her mom is a Japanese immigrant and she's obviously Japanese too. So she's just amazing. And she just debuted her album and like her aesthetic is goals and I love her and she's just so confident and like sexy and it's just the the kind of synthy pop music of hers I just dig so much and she has a really tight Instagram I highly re- uh, recommend you look for her Instagram and follow her she is just I love her what do you think Sam I thought it was really great when I was because I watched a video for it I thought it was like an older song just because the aesthetic is very very well, at least that's what I interpret it as. It's like the Japanese videos that I'd watched growing up, you know, like the kind of impression I had of it growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and like then anime I, 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I clicked the, the little description and it's like uploaded October 2017. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I think it was really great that she like played on that aesthetic and all her looks were so beautiful. Like she did a mesh shirt for one of them. Mm-hmm. I was living for that look. And then she did a black and white like, kind of jacket look and i thought that was really great mm-hmm. her braid out her braid look with mm-hmm. like this high fashion outfit ah uh, it was just like mm-hmm. so many different looks that she went for and i thought they were all beautiful and really well executed i thought she was on top of her shit the whole time i was just like wow i want to hear more of this yes i'm super stoked i hope she goes on tour because i'm definitely gonna buy tickets to go see her I love her. And she's also super active on Instagram in being like, she she's in this group. Oh, I don't remember the exact name, but it's basically about like, a, it's like an Asian girl gang. And it's about like empowering like Asian women and like, you don't need to be this kind of way or trying to like, uh, really advocate for like more confident Asian women. And she has a really good, um, ID interview. Um, and I really recommend, she talks a lot about what inspires her music and kind of growing up uh, with her mom as Asians in the UK, which, you know, surprise, surprise, racism is not over in Europe, <laughs> obvious reasons. Uh, so she really, she's really cute and amazing. And I love her. And I, 
honestly all her songs I'm so stoked for. Yeah, so this is going to be our intro song. I mean, not this song, but we're always going to try to incorporate a song in the beginning that we're going to discuss. Just something that I want to share with Sam or Sam will share with me when it's his week. So we're going to switch off. And I feel like we've mentioned our names, but we haven't even talked about who we are. I know. <laughs> I know. We're just like, oh, Rina, Buchika. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, who are you? Who am I? Um, so my name is Sam. I'm not going to say my last name because I don't want y'all to find me. But if you go on our website, you'll probably find it soon. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Sam. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a triple Leo. With my Cancer in Venus and my Mars in Libra, so don't think I'm, like, a total asshole. And I'm a queer male from Los Angeles, California, Koreatown. Are you cis? Oh, yes, I'm cis male. Sorry. Should should mention that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm from Los Angeles, California, specifically in Koreatown. I'm, like, right next to Hancock Park, but I don't associate with, like, manicured lawns. So I'm from Koreatown. <laughs> And yeah, that's a quick little bit about me. Who are you? Um, I am Sandra. My pronouns are her, hers, she. Yes. Um, I'm a triple Libra. You know, Sam and I are just intense and everything in our <laughs> signs as well. Yeah, I'm a triple Libra with a Scorpio in my Mars and my Venus. So like, I'm, Ooh. I'm, you know, if you want to date me, it's 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 a, it's a <laughs> real thing. Uh. <laughs> And, uh, yes, I'm queer, and I am a cis lady, and I am from HP. I'm from Huntington Park in southeast Los Angeles, but I'm currently residing in Oakland for a job. And, yeah, um, my mom is from Guadalajara, from Mexico, and my dad is from Oloquilta in... El Salvador, but his family later relocated to San Vicente out in the, in the east. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the east. I'm <laughs> like, <what is> east <laughs> and west. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, so my family is from Usulután in El Salvador. My mom's from Osatlan, and my dad is from the city of California in Usulután. It's always interesting when I tell people that, like, oh, yeah, he's from California. And they're like, oh, so he's born in the, the U.S.? And I'm like, no, the city of California <laughs> in Usulután. But, yeah, so um, Sandra and I have been friends for quite a bit. Okay, well, we have, like, an interesting friendship, I guess. Yes. How, how did we meet, dude? I honestly don't really know how we really met. So Sam and I went to the same high school. And we definitely had a lot of mutual friends throughout high school. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were for sure friends or for sure knew of each other's like existence beyond like I see you in the hallway or see you with my friend by Mm -hmm. junior year. So I would say like we may have met and crossed paths like sophomore year possibly freshman year but i highly doubt it like i don't mm. remember you at all my my fucking freshman year. i don't remember freshman year dude yo i do i <laughs> hung out with i hung out with the people by the library <laughs> that's funny yep 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 uh i feel like we can attribute our friendship though to our mutual best friend mirtha at least mirtha was like 
down as fuck for like different causes in high school and she was part of this wise group which is a high school division of chirla the coalition for humane immigrant rights los angeles so she started this club and like totally got both of us on board with it i don't even know how she did that but she was just like this really awesome person who was just like oh yeah y'all should totally join this and it's really awesome and i i think maybe that's how we met possibly through mirta I feel like that's when we officially became, like, in our lives more mm-hmm. frequently. And, like, I saw you consecutively, like, every week or every other day or whatever. But, yes, mm-hmm. I met Mirta freshman year. I, like, low-key... Ah, nah. Nah, I, okay, so I, like, weirded Mirta out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I was just, like, some girl. So I went to Fairfax High, but my high school is, like, literally, like, 15 miles away from my home. So I had a fat commute every morning. took me an hour and a half to go and an hour and a half to get back home. So our school is in West Hollywood. And I I had a few friends. I didn't really know anybody from my middle school that went there. So I had to, like, make new friends. And Mirta was in one of my, or actually in several of my classes. And I heard that she was kind of involved with, like, immigrant rights stuff. And I was just, like, interested because of just my own family. And obviously it's something important to our community and things. So I, like, went up to her, like, yo, you do the the wise up stuff, right? And she's like, (laughs) "Uh, uh, I guess, yeah. So I, like, became her friend because I would go with her to Chidla. And was a part of their high school division at the actual org. And me and her co-founded the Wise Club at Fairfax High. Which is still active, from what I know. Oh, shit. I think. Nice. I hope. I literally hope it is. I don't know. Sepa. <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> keep up with high school peeps. So, except for you and, like, Mirtha and, like, maybe two other I met Mirtha my first week, actually. We um, had a geometry class together. Yo! Mr. Kurt! Yeah, Yo! Mr. Kerr, he was like, okay. I loved him. He was like your typical, like, move to LA, become an actor, be a teacher on the side thing. So he was on like a few episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like a few like low key gigs like that. He was so chill, but he'd reek of cigarettes, dude. It was, I felt like scared for him. I was really badly concerned. I was just like, are you okay, Mr. Kerr? Like, <laughs> do you need to talk? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. dude, okay, then maybe we did know each other because I was next door in the algebra class. Because oh. I took geometry in eighth grade at my middle school. Shout out to Gage Middle School. And I hey. was next door in Mr. Netta's class uh, doing algebra mm. two with a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, fucking juniors and seniors. And Mr. Like, Netta's. Second, uh, second sophomore. But yeah, <laughs> and then I met, I, mean, I already know Mirtha for other classes, but I also met Janar because of Mirtha, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe we did meet freshman year then, but like, I feel like it was just like a casual meet, like, oh, hey. Yeah, because the classes were in the bungalows, I remember that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, we like literally learned something about ourselves right Yeah, now. yeah, we didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. That's cool. But, oh yeah, so Sam and I were kind of like mm, acquaintances, I would say, and then senior year there was some drama, and mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of having a, th- a thing with someone that Sam hung out with, 
and mm-hmm. that shit got like really intense and i'm like yo we're seniors like i'm about to leave and like you're not going the same way that i'm going so like i ain't trying to i ain't trying to be nothing yeah but before that even all happened sam was looking for a prom date and i was actually kind of like i was kind of with some dude on the side <laughs> yo uh, and he was a fucking bitch like outside of the the sam's friend so that just didn't end up happening and i was gonna ask him to prom but he was he was just a fucking punk so i just had no date and i wasn't really like searching after that dude so i was like i was gonna go stag basically but then sam asked me like literally he asked me on the phone sam is the literal fucking trashiest person yeah he asked me to prom on the yeah phone. it was very casual like not even not even not even his phone, Mirta's phone. Yeah, we had Mirta, and she was like, you should ask Sandra, she doesn't have a date right now. And I was like, okay. And it was like, yo, Sandra, uh, I was thinking, um, do you want to go to prom together? And Sandra was like, all right. <laughs> I was on the bus. Yeah, I, was like, okay. I heard it. <laughs> you can probably hear the truck that yeah. right now. I'm sorry for our struggle pod. Sam and I are broke people. It's very much a struggle. Though. It is a very struggle pod, but so if there's a truck in the background that I can't edit out, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and we went to prom together, and it was we looked fucking bomb. We did. Yo, we should put we our prom pics hot. on our page. No, we didn't take real prom pics. <laughs> we took like we didn't do the official ones. We just did shit at like on our own, and we looked good. We were like we looked like spies. Yeah, because you wore this like black lace dress, and so I was like, cool. So I just got to wear black, like you know how. And how I had Skrillex hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, fuck Sam, you're such a. Oh my god, I'm still mad. What? So I did my hair all like I styled my hair all to the side, and I had like these waves or whatever. And so, like, I had one side that was, like, slicked down, and then all my hair was, like, on one side. And then Sam, when he sees me, the first thing Sam says, you know, when you see your day or whatever, you put the corsage or some dumb shit, right? He's like, yo, you look like Skrillex. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, I just spent hours on my hair. Like, I'm trying to look cute. I, like, had to squeeze myself to fit in this dress that I rented. I didn't even buy my prom dress. I rented that shit. Shout out to Rent the Runway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I was just like, really though, and then, oh, yeah, there was just so much prom drama. Like that same dude, that Sam's friend, Sam, you fucking, you were trash, but like, you really saved. Yeah, I saved you. I didn't even know about all that until like after I asked you to prom. Then he was just like, oh yeah, I was kind of seeing her and like all these things, and like kind of got awkward with me for a bit. And I was just like, it was just prom, like. What are you doing? Yeah, he, he asked for the last dance at prom, and Sam just gave him, gave me to him, fucking patriarchal as fuck. <laughs> but uh, and that shit was awkward, dude. I was just like, I don't want to dance with this man. And then he tried to kiss me, and I like straight up ducked, yeah. and I felt so bad. Wasn't the last song like "Oye Mi Amor" by? Mama? It was. It wasn't even a slow song. I remember that shit. Yeah, it wasn't a slow song at all. And I... I'm sorry. Nah, it was all good. Like, it's... I mean, now it's, like, whatever. Now it's just funny. But, (laughs) I mean, we were lit dates. And then Sam just bounced at the end. Like, he literally was like, Okay, bye, Sandra! And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, like I had work the next day type of thing. Like it was like midnight. I was like, I gotta go to sleep. I gotta be up at five. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you think that MTP. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, but it was great. It was fun, and then we graduated. We went our separate ways. Sam went to UC San Diego, and mm-hmm. I went to UC Santa Barbara, and we I don't know. We like basically fell off. Hmm. Yeah, like, should we talk about college for a bit? Let these people know how how fucking intense we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, yeah, let's start. You go. Okay, so I went to UC San Diego. Uh, I mostly went just because I wanted the opportunity to experience independence and autonomy on my own for a bit. And I I loved San Diego. Like, I can safely say that. Like, I consider moving back when I'm like already established and like hopefully have a master's or whatever and like settling down there. But for school ucsd was shit like it was toxic as fuck i didn't like being there the school like it's near a pretty like beach or whatever but the school itself feels like a research institution which a lot of the ucs just focus on research you know but um yeah like i totally became this huge like anarchist or whatever and like very much like fuck all these structures around us or whatever which i feel happens to a lot of like students of color at least i can't say all students But it was very much, you know, me rebelling, I guess, or whatever. And I became this huge stoner. And, like, this last summer before I moved back home, it was, like, you know, drinking boxes of wine with my friend. Shout out to Jose. Four Locos. Yeah, Four Locos in an alley, peeing in an alley, like, peeing in the alley. (laughs) (laughs) I I got kicked out of a club for peeing in the employees-only section because apparently that was the thing I decided to do. I'll put that out there so y'all know I'm trash, you know, like, no type of shame. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm the same. I've literally peed too much in public. In City Hall, but... <laughs> I, I literally have peed at City Hall. I ain't even gonna talk about which city, but at City <laughs> Hall. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, my experience is probably the complete opposite of yours, Sam. Really? I loved UC Santa Barbara as an, like, as a school, as an institution. I I mean I mean a lot of people could probably disagree with that within UCSB, but at least for anthropology as an anthropology major, uh, it I met a lot of really good people. I really liked a lot of my instructors, and it was I mean anthropology is like very is literally a colonialist major. Like that's the origin of anthropology, but I felt like there was many people and many professors that really like emphasize like we ain't trying to do this shit again like we are literally trying to basically rewind what we're doing and like restore it and like kind of fix what anthropology has done and be better but outside of that like i really liked my school my majors all the people that i met i joined some really great org shout out to mujer and but I actually hated Santa Barbara. I hate Santa Barbara. I'm going to say that right now. (laughs) Santa Barbara sucks. Santa Barbara is only amazing for you if you are a white, retired, old man and possibly old lady. Like, it is is 50% white and 50% uh, Latinx, but it's mostly Mexican. And you can just feel like that city is very proud of its Spanish colonial history. And there's so much, like, a literal erasure of the indigenous Chumash population, which is 
which was the most concentrated, I think, in that area. Santa, like, UCSB has a very kind of extensive uh, anthropology, archaeology thing with the Chumash people. And, yeah, dude, there's a literal main street in Santa Barbara called Indio Muerto. Like, it's disgusting, and I hate it. And even the city feels like it's all these rich, white, old people and all the brown people that work for them, and the brown people are nowhere to be seen. And it's such a crazy, like, area. Outside of that, it's beautiful nature-wise. The ocean, the Channel Islands, like, Chuma. There's a really great hiking trail. Like, Santa Barbara UCSB is literally on a cliff that overlooks the ocean. It's beautiful nature-wise. Food-wise, it's, like, high-key trash, too. (laughs) But, except for seafood, obviously. And, yeah, I mean, I really would recommend Santa Barbara only as, like, a vacation. Mm. That's it. That's That's it. it. Oh, yeah, and (laughs) my college town. My college town is the epitome of, like, what you would think a college town is. Like, crazy-ass parties and all that shit is true. Like, that's Isla Vista is the best and worst parts about going to college. The best parts of, like, being really close to all your friends, but also the worst parts about, like, it being disgusting, underserviced. Uh, students getting abused by terrible landlords, like, fucking gross-ass people, gross-ass dudes, sketch-ass dudes, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of assaults, disgusting, but I'm happy yeah, I'm thanks. gone, I'm, I'm happy I'm graduated and done. Nice. Yes. Okay, but that doesn't even describe how we became friends again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... I feel like you should talk about your 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 one sided Twitter beef. With Shut me. the fuck up! I know that I'm so I'm okay. I'm the so my one sided beef because I am mm-hmm. so petty about everything. Libra. Shut up! Uh, I I don't know. Sam just like annoyed me on Twitter. I I'll be real. I'm I was very I'm very active now. I would say kind of active. Not even that super active. I have been very on and off on Twitter for, like, the last, like, six years. Like, I'll be on it for, like, a month, a week, and then I'll drop dead for, like, a year on Twitter. I don't know. I was kind of more active on it, for sure, my senior year. I was just kind of tired of Sam. I was just like, why are you talking about being, like, vegetarian and vegan? I stay vegan. <laughs> like, not even though I'm, like, vegan or vegetarian. But I was kind of just, like, because I knew you and I knew you so much kind of through high school i felt like how you were on mm-hmm. ig okay sam is like a very confident like he calls people out on ig and like on twitter sam just felt very different to me from what i knew him on twitter <laughs> in real life and i don't know i just was so irritated by it and i feel so like dumb and petty about it. I don't know. I feel like I still do it now. <laughs> I get annoyed with people all the time. Um, I'm usually very quiet on Twitter. Like, all I do is retweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not really the kind of person that calls people out unless something really gets under my skin. And every once in a while, I would kind of, like, call Sam out on Twitter for, like, dumb shit. But I don't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of annoyed. And I would tell Mirtha, and Mirtha's, like, still our mutual best friend. She graduated a month before us because she went to Cal, and they have a different uh, system. They're on semesters. 
and she's like, well, you two are going to basically be with each other all day, so get along. <laughs> and she added us to a group chat, and we were like, fine. Or I was like, fine. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's <laughs> And I was like, ugh. <laughs> Roll my eyes. But we really reconnected, because we were straight up sitting in the sun for like six hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like we we just reconnected because we realized we have a lot of the same interests. We started talking about like RuPaul's Drag Race, Valentina's Messy Ass, and like all the like problematic shit and like discovering our queerness and like I don't know. It was just a really good reconnecting, and it was just like, "Ooh, why do we stop talking?" I know. Uh, that's how I felt about it. No, for sure. I was like, Sam showed me a video of him making out with some dude, and I was like, "Yes, bitch!" <laughs> like, yes. And I was just telling him how fucking nasty I am and I had no like my timeline is all fucked up my senior year I had lived abroad I studied abroad in Korea for the entire school year so I I definitely caught you up on that just like all this shit I did over Mm -hmm. there but also kind of just like myself like what I had been doing I literally for that graduation I came home from a conference uh that my organization had mm-hmm. had put on it's like their yearly conference for local high school santa barbara girls and it's like a women empowerment kind of thing college access so just a bunch of stuff like that being involved and we definitely bonded a lot over like our salviness and how we mm-hmm. are just kind of growing into it much and much much more like especially finishing college and now for sure post undergrad yeah i feel like we definitely shared a lot about how going to a place outside of la where there is a pretty you know strong central american presence and how like personally going to san diego i didn't really feel you know the salviness too much like i'd have to actively search for a pupuseria and then i'd be disappointed when they didn't like grind their chicharron you know i'd have this whole piece of chicharron in the pupusa and i'd be like this isn't what i signed up for but okay and like actively searching for like moments for me to act actually feel Salvadorian again and just, you know, I don't know, reconnect with that. And I was actively trying to search for it and I never really felt any kind of connection. I did bond with other folks who weren't like who were non Mexican Latino. Like that was a term we started using after a while because my professor used it in class. Like, you know, who's a non Mexican Latino in here? And I was the only one in my class. Like, it got to that point. And I don't know, it just yeah, That's it just wild. really made me feel that, you know, this is who I am. This is my identity, and I really got to connect with it and find folks who are going to allow me to venture into deeper parts of that identity, into that culture, whatever it may be. And I definitely felt that with Sandra. It was just like, oh, my God, we're going to talk about all these places. We talked about, like, the place that they use, the Salvadorian restaurants, and, like, how they're all, like, the beige ones. <laughs> and, uh, it was just... <laughs> The, the the little towel yes. poster thing of the ladies making pupusas <laughs> with the little curtido. Yo, Michael uh, was telling me about that because he's been going to a bunch of Salvadorian mm. friend, uh, places. Michael, my friend. And he was just like, why do they have the same like poster yes. at literally every single like Salvi pupusas? Like, like by Comal <laughs> Of like the women yeah. making pupusas. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under like this like kind of like hut like uh, shady thing. I don't know what it is. 
Either that, yeah. or they have like a poster of cafe, like a cafetal of some sort. Yeah, or um, they'll have like a hat, one of those like bucket type of yeah. hats. That's <laughs> like Salvador on the yeah. side of the. <laughs> But, like, have it hanging somewhere mm-hmm. or something. Or the dude will be wearing it himself for all we know. Uh, yeah, just bonding over, like, dumb shit of, like that. Just those little things. And we really connected a lot. And we just saw how dumb, at least I was, for being petty. But also just, like, why we didn't keep up. Like, why did we stop? And then Sandra introduced me into, like, the world of podcasts, honestly. It was always, like... Here's a podcast. Y'all should check this out. And this last um, month, actually, I went up to the Bay for Sandra's birthday. And we were, like, just listening to a podcast the whole weekend. Just, like, while we were driving around, it was just, like, podcast playing. And just, like, I don't know. It really made me feel like podcasts are the new wave. And they're a way of just, you know, laughing, doing your thing with your friend. But at the same time, speaking about relevant issues. Yeah, I think there's there's for sure been a podcast resurgence. And Lucky Next podcasts are at like an all-time high. And it's amazing. And I follow a lot of people uh, like Latinos Who Lunch, Cerebronas, Locatora Radio. There's just so many of them. I, I listen to Latino USA. I love Radio Ambulante. Sam and I are always gushing about Radio <laughs> or selection. Selection. Well, I'm like fucking wet in the office. Like, yes, Joe K. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my faves, the the podcast that I feel like inspires me the most is um, still processing, which is the one that I like showed Sam all weekend, and it's hosted by Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris, and they're two queer black culture writers at the New York Times, and they're amazing. And I don't know, I was literally lit and I was like, Sam, you want to do a podcast with me? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too down. Too down. And that's kind of how it started. That was like a super long story of just like ourselves. Yeah. Like if y'all made it through this point, it's just like, finally, Jesus. No, fucking, they don't probably don't care about us. Anyway, <laughs> why did we even start this though? Like, why did we even want to do this? For you? Well, for me, like I mentioned, um, going to San Diego and not having that Salvadorian presence, I really wanted to dive deeper into it and reconnect. And then having that opportunity to actually talk about being Salvadorian with you was amazing. And it felt refreshing just because I didn't have that much exposure to it in San Diego. And I just wanted to reconnect with it and dive deeper into it as much as I could. And so I feel like this is a good, you know, method to actually explore my own identity and you know make it my own because it's not like i'm not just salvadorian i'm also a queer man like living in la you know like this like huge clusterfuck of different people living here so it's like how do i reclaim my salvadorian american identity because i can't claim salvadorianness as its own thing but how do i navigate the salvadorian american realm as a queer person of color yeah. Of color. I feel the same way. I'm very grateful that we're really close now because I have never had a close friend that was Salvi. So I'm half mm-hmm. and half, right? So I'm half Mexican and half Salvi. 
through a lot of things that aren't really like under my own control I have been not necessarily very exposed to my Salvi side because there's just like a lot of beef on my dad's side that doesn't make me feel very inclined to hang out and see a lot of my father's family and yeah there's just like beef basically with my dad and a lot of the people on his side so I've never been ashamed of being Salvi like I've always loved it and also just growing up in a household that's like Mexican and Salvi I really had no idea what was Mexican versus what was Salvi because it's like my mom and dad like they're married like my mom has taken on a lot of Salvi cultural things Mm -hmm. and my dad has obviously taken a lot of Mexican cultural things so my dad he immigrated when he was like 15 16 Mm -hmm. in 86 because of the war because he was recruited to be a child soldier my grandparents were like bye you need to leave you're not gonna die so he came to the u.s and he's lived in the u.s for so long and my mom and dad met here in the u.s in in l.a Uh yeah (laughs) yeah they met in l.a (laughs) i think they met in hp i really don't know exactly where they met on pacific (laughs) (laughs) no my mom my mom was like a nanny for a very long time. Like a, she was a live-in mm-hmm. nanny for this super wealthy family in Mexico for like 13 years since she was like 13 years old. And mm-hmm. she eventually like bounced to the US and met my dad pretty briefly. She was all she was babysitting for money and she just like met him. I don't know how. They ended up like having me and then getting married like 2 years later. My dad and I have definitely been repairing our relationship a lot in the, this past year, and it has made me very happy. And because of that, I've also kind of been opening myself up into really understanding my father in a lot of ways and, like, kind of seeing and understanding the trauma that he's, like, lived through and also that is a lot really exuded through my dad's family. Most of my mom and dad's family is still in Mexico or it's on the road. So... I've been with Salvador. I haven't been in 12 years, though. And then I go to Mexico a lot more often than I go to Salvador. It's something that I've always kind of been longing for and also kind of really seeing, like, oh, this is me and, like, this is who I am. And wanting to be very prideful of it, but also kind of being in that liminal space of being neither nor, neither Mexican, neither Salvi. Uh, neither American, neither all that kind of thing, and use my identity to call out fucking uh, shitty uh, Mexicans and <laughs> all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just need to learn so much more about myself and my father, and I have been learning so much more. Mm-hmm. It makes me super happy. There's There's so much things that Sam has just taught me in the last few months, and it makes me really great. I don't know, it makes me so happy. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's also why I want to do this to be better, to be a better Central American, be a better Salvi, be a better uh, queer Latinx woman, everything. Be a better friend to you. Yes, exactly. I also feel like this is really great timing for this, just because of the resurgence of like Central American Twitter or like the emergence of it. Because I don't know if it existed before. So I feel like that allowed me to meet a lot of Central American folks in general. And just, you know, really try to reclaim it through social media and then try to practice that in your daily, you know, like, I don't know, I feel after Central American Twitter came out, I was more 
vocal about Salvadoran identity and like trying to actually actively be part of it every single day like you know let it be known that i'm salvadorian and let it be known that you know we speak differently than like the regular mexican spanish and i don't know just like actively trying to do that and then having you around has definitely like you know we went down a rabbit hole looking for like salvadorian artists like i wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. before like that's what i love about this just being able to learn about something that didn't have that much coverage before and being able to immerse myself in it and just really love it for what it is and just exploring different parts of it. And I'm privileged to live in LA that has this, you know, large Central American diaspora. Like all the people from the diaspora are living like either here in like Washington DC or like pockets throughout the US. And so Yeah, in Houston also. Yeah, so it's just like there's so much storytelling going on here. And I'm so down to listen and like be part of it. Yes. Yeah, that's, you literally summed that all up for me. But what does Puchicabos actually mean, though? What is Puchicabos? Outside of <laughs> the actual podcast for ourselves, what is Puchicabos? <laughs> so Puchicabos is just like, fuck, dude. Like, I'd always hear it when, you know, andaba jodiendo, like I was fucking around. Like, I was just like being a little shit growing up. My mom would just be like, puchicavos, like, you know, como jodes, or like whatever it may be. And it's just like another way of saying like, puta vos. But without, you know, saying puta vos, because you're, like, talking to a kid or whatever it may be. And, like, you don't really mean it in that, like, aggressive, like, fuck, man. Like, it's just like, fuck, dude. Like, quit fucking around. Like, you know, just puchica vos. Like, ugh. Yes. And we also wanted to make sure that we use something that was, like, caliche, but also, you know, Central American slang. Central American kind of dialect. Because... You, we, we're so like erased. Like, Voseo in the US is just kind of not really used, and Central Americans are always kind of pushed to conform to Mexican Spanish or a more formal Castilian Spanish, you know, which sucks. And there's so many words that, like, I don't even know are salvi until, like, I, like, read about it, and I'm like, oh, that's a salvi word. I mean, I've been saying that my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and, but it makes me happy that, like, this vocabulary is kind of ingrained in myself, even though I really wish there would be more of it. Like when I go to, when I went to El Salvador, they're like, why do you sound Mexican? It's like, even my dad, like he definitely tones down like his accent with mm-hmm. like within our household. But when we're with my dad's family, like that shit all comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I loved hearing just like the differences between my, the cousins on my father's side and the cousins on my mom's side and it was cool so i something i don't know something that we wanted to definitely put as just like a positive thing because all that like caliche central american slang everything is a beautiful thing yeah and i feel like how you mentioned earlier how a lot of like central american folks try to conform into the larger like language structures so like whether that's mexican spanish or castilian spanish I feel like voceo is only really, like, you know, quote-unquote appreciated when it's, like, an Argentinian person using it. For them, it's like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, it's so cute. Like, you speak so differently. Mm-hmm. Wow, how exotic. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then, like, you know, I've met hella people from Central America, and they all use voz. And for us, it's like, oh, you didn't learn how to speak Spanish properly? And it's just, like, shaming us for using a different mm-hmm. way of Spanish. But you know, y'all don't do that to Argentina. 
was literally like structured after Paris. They were literally like, you know, colonized Paris too. But whatever. <laughs> I know, dude. Argentinians are like, wow, that's such a elegant, beautiful Spanish, like so natural and very Castilian. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we are trying to do for ourselves with Cuchicabos. And, but we also want to kind of give a disclaimer that Sal, uh, Sam and I are both Sal, Salvadorian. Um, I and I am half Salvadorian. And we realize that there is like a Salvi, uh, like overrepresentation for Central American people. And we don't want to enforce that, but we also can't speak for other experiences even. Right? Yeah, so um, just as how being Latinx in the U.S., we often hear about, you know, Mexico centrism. I feel like it's very common to place El Salvador, even though it's like a really small country, as like the forefront of Central American issues. And we don't want to necessarily abide by that. You know, granted, we're Salvadorian, so there's not much we can do. But we're not trying to drown out other voices while making ours heard, you know. And so we can't speak on behalf of folks from Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, or those who were born in El Salvador también, you know, like we weren't born there. So we can't speak on like Salvadorian experiences necessarily. We can only speak from like Salvadorian American experiences. And so we don't want to drown out those voices. If anything, we want to be a platform to further amplify them. Like if there are folks out there from those countries who are doing amazing work, you know, we want to shout them out. We want to put links out there to like get folks to know about them. Yeah, we're hoping to also make teacher homies, hopefully, to come and help us out. Come and teach us, like give credit where credit's due, you know, and help with future topics to add to Central American visibility, ideas, history. And um, I want to do, the, to do this as a mega disclaimer because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm also not Afro-Latina. I'm also super, let me fucking epitome of like a uh, pale bitch that can't be in the sun. So I'm, you know, light-skinned. Uh, Latinx too so it's like I also want to learn how to check myself and be better and understand and be smarter as well I feel like yeah Sam is also not Afro-Latino yeah yeah I'm definitely not so we can't claim to speak on Afro-Latinx experiences but again we know that erasure for Afro-Latinx experiences is really real like colorism is so real Yep. so we don't want to you know contribute to that but we definitely want to be conscious of that. And so if there are like Afro-Latinx folks out there, we don't want to just, you know, ignore it. We don't want to be like, oh, yeah, they're Latinx. You know, we don't want to ignore their like African descendants or roots. And so we definitely want to acknowledge it, acknowledge that Latino America has, you know, folks from all over the world now. Like there's yep. hella people living everywhere in Latino America now and for us to just claim that, you know, Latinx people look like Colombian models, you know, like, no, that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, there's huge populations of Asians in Central mm-hmm. America, uh, Middle Easterns, uh, Palestinians, you know, a bunch of just, like, groups have immigrated to, and also indigenous people. Oh, for sure, indigenous people, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's so much thing, like there is no single race, there is no anything. We're all kind of living together and we've been given so much culture from all these other groups and we need to, you know, like acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just because I feel like it's so erased nowadays, like, you yes. know, we're just talking about like Latinx as this like inherited thing when it's not even something set in stone, you know, like there are so many different people, so many different experiences and we can't claim to speak for anyone's experiences but our own. So that's our disclaimer. Like first episode, we want y'all to know that first and foremost. Yes. And, and we're open to call outs. We love call out culture. Yes. Tell me I'm fucking dumb. Please. <laughs> I am. Uh, you know, like we're definitely not perfect people. I can definitely say that for myself. You know, I've been, I've been a very proud, like Latina woman for forever, but you know, there are so many topics that I had never heard of before college, before Twitter, before Central American Twitter. You know, just I, I'm just constantly trying to keep on learning, and I Sam is trying to do the same. You know, we're definitely not perfect people, and mm-hmm. if we misrepresent something, I want to know so I can fix that shit, and correct that shit. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like another thing we should mention is that we're both college-educated people. So we definitely have that that privilege, first and foremost, of having that education. And we want this podcast to be accessible to folks all over. So hopefully we're not like going to use any kind of terms that, you know, put us up on this ivory tower when we're not even trying to be that. You know, we move back to different places and, you know, folks aren't all college educated. We can't all be speaking on like these eloquent terms. Like if your activism can't be understood by your mom, then who's your activism for? Ooh, snaps, snaps. I can't snap very well, but snap. That was fucking real. That's true. So, no. Said it amazingly. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's our disclaimer. That's our intro to this pod as well. I think we covered all the bases. Yeah, I think we did for sure. I, I don't think there's anything else that we need to say. Okay, so we're going to do a despedida now. So for every episode, okay, so like, you know, I got to, you know, introduce this a bit. I'm a huge self-care person. Like, you're, if you have me on Snapchat, you're going to get like face mask snaps. And like, I'm, I'm drinking this beer because self-care or whatever it may be. Like, <laughs> like I'm smoking this blunt because I love myself. Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> Like, I'm really much about, like, you know, you only are guaranteed one life, and you got to make the most out of it, and you're going to be dealing with yourself, first and foremost, throughout that whole life. So if you don't love yourself, you know, like, RuPaul says it, how are you going to love someone else? And I don't know, I really want to encourage folks to care for themselves in the same way that they care for other people. And so that's why our endings are going to be Vendiciones by Sam, trademark. And so they're <laughs> Damn. All so, right. Yeah. So they're just gonna be little like sermones where I just go on on this whole like y'all are incredible people and y'all deserve the best. So if you don't like the rest of the pod, just make it to the end, you know, like it's gonna be affirming. <laughs> you need a hug and a kiss, Sam's got you. I got you. I got you with that essay fucking text. Like already ready, like Affirming you, validating you. <laughs> okay, so here's our first bendición. 
So I just want to, um, wherever y'all are listening right now, whatever time it may be, I just want to remind you that you are an incredible person worthy of love, warmth, and light, and that you radiate that with every single moment of your existence. And you got to make sure that folks around you feel that, they know that, and that they you know, validate you in return. So like that means putting your energy onto those people, but at the same time, don't letting people, not letting people fuck with your energy. So self care might be this great thing of like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking care of myself. But at the same time, it's like knowing when to cut those ties that aren't working for you. So I want to encourage all of you to really radiate that as much as you can know that you're a wonderful person and that, you know, y'all are all perfect in every single way. But don't let people drown your light out, you know, don't let folks bring you down and just, you know, really be be there for yourself first and foremost. Like I said earlier, it's easy for us to practice emotional labor for other people, but it's hard for us to do that on ourselves. So if you're feeling down, I want you to think about why am I feeling down and what's one little thing I can do right now to make myself feel better? Why am I being mad right now? What's one little thing I can do to like, you know, address that anger and validate it if it is valid? Or see how I can, you know, manifest it into something more productive if it's being self-destructive right now. And so, you know, just take that moment to actively think about your emotions, validate them, and try to be productive with them. You know, don't don't necessarily fall into this rut. And yeah, that was my little Vindy Sion for today. Ooh. I feel like I'm on a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Faded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, I loved it though, and I I hope people really appreciate it because I appreciate every episode. Like I take that shit for myself too. And Yay. yes, yes, yes. This is our introductory episode. This is episode zero. So. Episode zero. Join us next week when we talk about butt chugging. Yes, let's talk about boofing. Boofing Smirnoff Ice. Smirnoff Ices in the alleys of Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. If your homie's not helping you butt chug, they're not your homie. They're Just definitely saying. not your homie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, goodbye. Thank y'all for tuning in. Bye.